This is the Meatbag Podcast with Dylan Bedany. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 20 of Meatbag. I'm your host, Dylan Bettany, and this week I'm tackling the complex topic of BMI, the Body Mass Index. I'll be questioning whether its one-size-fits-all approach is genuinely effective. Is BMI a reliable diagnostic tool or are we just following outdated advice? Are there more accurate ways to measure health than relying solely on BMI? Join me as we dive into the wild and bewildering world of BMI. This is episode 20. BMI is used as a straightforward measure of body fat based on your weight and height, even though it doesn't calculate body fat. If BMI could measure body fat, it would be called the body fat index, but it measures mass only, so the answer is literally in the name. Never has there been a mathematical equation that has caused more low self-esteem, body dysmorphia and led to unhealthy eating habits than BMI. The main issue is how it's applied universally without accounting for individual differences like muscle mass, distribution of fat, gender, age, or accounting for racial differences. It's a one-size-fits-all metric in a world where we're all different. It's the same formula for everyone. So how does BMI work? BMI is calculated by dividing your weight in kilos by your height in meters squared. So for example, if someone weighed 10 stone, that's 140 pounds or 63.6 kilos. And if they were say five foot three, that would be 1.6 meters or 2.56 meters squared. So you throw that in the BMI blender and you would get a score of 24.84. Now what do these BMI scores mean? Or what are they suggesting? BMI scores determine if you're underweight, normal weight, overweight, or if you're obese. So underweight is a BMI score of less than 18.5, and that would be classed as underweight. 18.5 to 24.9 is classed as normal, whatever normal means. 25 to 29.9 is overweight, and 30 above is classed as obese. It's like a never-ending roller coaster of body shaming. Congratulations, you're officially overweight. Here's a certificate to prove it. It's crazy how this is still socially acceptable. I still can't believe people agree to it. How tall are you, Mrs. Johnson? Oh, I'm um, five foot six. That's great. And your weight, please? Oh, um, why do you need my weight? Oh, it's nothing to worry about. It's completely harmless. I'm just going to enter your height and your weight into this calculator and tell you how fat you are. Is that okay? Sound good? Fatty? It was never intended to be used as a means of medical assessment. BMI was developed by a Belgian mathematician, astronomer and sociologist called Adolphe Ketelet in the early 19th century. Awesome. Because nothing says modern and accurate health assessment like a formula developed during the Industrial Revolution. Ketelet developed the metric as a way to assess the degree of obesity in populations. It was not for individuals. It wasn't until the mid-20th century that researchers jumped on the BMI bandwagon when exploring the link between weight and health. Poor Ketelet, he had three jobs, but will be remembered for creating a maths equation that would make people feel bad about themselves for the next 170 plus years. Fast forward to today, and here we are, with many people acting like this bizarre metric holds the secrets to what is healthy. So why is BMI inaccurate, or why is it misleading? Well, one of the flaws in using BMI is it doesn't distinguish between lean muscle mass and fat. This leads to misclassifications. A person carrying a large amount of muscle mass may have a higher BMI, even if their body fat percentage is super low. So say if you look to Alan Richardson, the man mountain that plays Jack Reacher, he's six foot three, right? So in meters squared, that's 3.61 and reportedly weighs 235 pounds. So that's 106 kilos. So his BMI would be 29. His BMI labels him as one 
cheeseburger away from obesity. But he's ripped with low body fat and a six pack. We know muscle is denser than my ex-girlfriend. Sorry. We know that muscle is denser than fat. A cubic inch of muscle weighs more than a cubic inch of fat. And because BMI doesn't take into account muscle mass, it will class muscular or athletic people as potentially overweight. Also, BMI does not take into account the distribution of fat in the body. Two people with the same BMI score, one could have high amounts of visceral fat, that's the fat around your internal organs, which is a huge health concern, and the other might just have a big ass like a Kardashian. BMI is not specific to gender or age. It's the same one-size-fits-all formula for adults regardless of ages or genders, which is crazy since body composition changes with age and men and women's fat distribution can differ massively, even if they are the same height and the same weight. Also, BMI does not account for racial differences, potentially contributing to misinterpretations, especially in diverse populations. Some research suggests that some racial and ethnic groups may face an increased risk of obesity-related health issues at lower BMI levels. For example, individuals of Asian descent may have an elevated risk of type 2 diabetes and cardiovascular disease, even with a BMI considered within the normal range. Also, some populations naturally have higher muscle mass or a higher bone density, leading to a higher BMI without an associated increase in body fat, which isn't a surprise since the BMI categories like underweight, normal, overweight and obese were developed based on data from predominantly Caucasian populations. So you might be thinking, okay Dylan, I get it, I understand the BMI bashing, but what are the alternatives? Well there are many more accurate alternatives. Arguably, the most accurate is a DEXA scan. So DEXA scans are a type of x-ray that provides a breakdown of lean tissue, bone density and fat mass. A DEXA scan can differentiate between bone, lean tissue and fat. Not only do DEXA scans show where your body stores fat, they also show you visceral fat too. And visceral fat is the fat around our organs, the one we worry about when it comes to issues like cardiovascular disease. They are super expensive, but they are light years ahead of BMI. We also have something called RFM, which is your relative fat mass. RFM considers more factors than BMI. It's not just your body weight and your height. It includes your sex and your waist circumference. Data shows that it's more accurate for males, but less for females. So more research is needed for RFM going forward. And for those who enjoy being squeezed by calipers, there's the classic skin fold thickness measurement test, a small tongue-like measuring tool that squeezes the skin on your arms, your chest, under your armpit, hip, shoulder area, stomach and thigh. We have the waist to height ratio. This is exactly how it sounds. The ratio focuses on the distribution of fat around your abdomen relative to your height. It's definitely a more accurate indicator of health risk associated with abdominal obesity than BMI. There is also waist to hip ratio too and also bioelectrical impedance analysis or BIA scans. This sounds super fancy, but this is the technology found in body fat bathroom skills. There is a lot more testing that needs to be done on these for accuracy, but they are 10 times better than the average bathroom scale. There are many alternatives out there, metrics that actually consider what's going on inside your body. It's about time we stop treating health like a one-size-fits-all metric. In conclusion, it's essential that we recognise the limitations of any single metric when we're looking at a person's health. BMI is simple, but it's a flawed metric. So let's not let a mathematical equation dictate how we feel about our bodies. We are not defined by a number on a chart. The future of health assessment lies in a more comprehensive, personalised approach that goes way beyond just dividing someone's weight by their height. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you guys next week.
I'm super pumped to have this podcast. I'm here to help you through the unbelievable world of healthy eating, fad diets, TikTok trends. I'll be debunking myths and deciphering Brenda from Work's food recommendations. Here, we'll cut through the fluff and the nonsense, possibly some oversharing, definitely some ranting, but I promise it's going to be eye-opening. Thanks for listening, and as always, stay safe, everybody. This is the Meatbag Podcast with Dylan Bedenese.